Welcome to Shrink Wrap, a podcast where Fran and Becky give proper respect to various mental health and wellness topics while adding in a little bit of smart assery that they just can't seem to contain. This podcast cannot and does not constitute therapy advice. However, we do hope that you find the information we share with you helpful and entertaining. Please be advised that this podcast discusses topics that can be sensitive to some listeners. Use appropriate discretion. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. It's recording day. Yeah. My favorite day. I know I say that every single time, but it is literally my favorite day. I do look forward to it. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't hurt that it's on Fridays usually, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That always feels good. I mean, unless you're in a service industry, Brody, but... <laughs> There's no such thing as Fridays. But. <laughs> I don't know what it is like right now anymore. So it's things are banana, B-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-S. I have to tell you, I had the most delightful experience at the market yesterday. Yeah? Um, I took the other full-time counselor, Christina, out for lunch. And um, I was, I've never experienced such a crisis as do I get the grilled cheese with bacon like I mm. always do? Or do I get the the potato soup? Mm. Or you didn't go for the grilled cheese with mac and cheese inside? No, that's too much. Oh, I know. Wow. No, it is. It's too much for me. Oh, that I, sounds like limiting beliefs to yeah, me. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I cried a tear because it sounded so good. But I knew I'd be rolling around in my office going, I'm 50. You can't do that. You, I can't eat oh, like that. I had it yesterday. It was amazing. But whoever was working behind the counter, and I didn't catch her name, um, she was just a sweetheart. She's like, I believe in you. You can do this. And I'm like, I don't know. And then a guy walked in. I'm like, oh, no, now there's pressure. I went with the grilled cheese, and it was delicious as always. (laughs) Christina is our, we haven't made a plaque or anything, but she Mm -hmm. is our most high maintenance uh, person. She knows that. Customer. Yeah. We would not have to make cold foam if it wasn't for her. She's very bougie. Yep. So she comes in for her and we are very thankful for this, Christina, but she comes in for her 24 ounce iced Americano with Uh sweet cream cold foam yep. uh, and we can be bougie like Starbucks that's yep. fine we'll do it but we wouldn't have to make the damn thing if it wasn't yeah. for her so we walk in for lunch and she goes I hope Brody's not here <laughs> He's going to give me so much shit. And I said, I think he should. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's – no, Christina's great. She's uh, also you, a photographer, and she's taken many oh. great – so if you're in the area, Paisley Tree Photography is mm-hmm. great. It really is. Um, and fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Brody, why are you down on your knees? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm begging, oh. I'm begging you, friend. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, I need to go away for a minute. I'll be back in a bit. I want it. I want your reviews. I need them so much. Give me all five stars right now. I need a shower. Okay, now in other news, reviews are great. Uh, Sharing is great. Uh, So if you like what you're hearing here, send it to somebody. There's just a little, looks like a box with a little arrow pointing up. That's the share button. And you send that to somebody. And uh, if you like what you're hearing here, send it to somebody else. And we'll we'll keep spreading throughout. And we'll become slowly the greatest (laughs) mental health podcast in the history of the world. Oh, my God. And the five stars are great. We love the five stars. Mm -hmm. What really gets us going is the actual reviews. I know. Yeah, I do we love enjoy those. reading that. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. So if you want to entertain us, we would appreciate we it. We literally, like, I'll text Becky and I'll be like, oh my God, we got a review. You guys, if, if you don't leave reviews, then Fran has nothing to text me at freaking 4.30 in the morning. Exactly. So if you could please help her out with and that. And if you leave a review, I will text that bitch at 3 in the morning. <laughs> and I'll screenshot that text so the listeners know I'm not lying. Yep. <laughs> well, Franny, what are we talking about today? Well... 
Here it comes. Brody, what the hell is going on? This was his oh, idea. No. I know he doesn't get it. No. Exactly. No. Brody, I thought you were going right. to say what we're talking about, You're... and then I would have a minute. But, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess you're right. And yeah. Take two. Becky, you start and go. Okay, go. Today's topic is Anxiety 2.0, the next generation. Ladies and gentlemen, that it's music time for well. the brand I like that. 7.1% of children age 3 through 17 years old, so that's about 4.4 million, have been diagnosed with anxiety. Now, these are only the cases that have actually been diagnosed, so keep that in mind, according to data and statistics on children's mental health from the CDC. From the CDC? Look at you. I know. Look at me. I'm a big girl now. So... (laughs) I am saying at Northern Plains Psychological, ever since COVID, the number of anxiety cases in our offices with kids and adolescents totally going off the charts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of the information that we are going to talk to you guys about with kids and teens, you can, you can, as adults listening, you know, generalize a lot of that. It's going to be applicable to old farts as well. Yeah. And and what I'm being told, because this is week number one for me at, at Northern State University, is that they're seeing a lot of this on campus since COVID as well. Oh, yeah. Like anxiety's always been there, but it's definitely being seen in higher numbers. And for people, I want to remind our listeners that they're not adults, they're emerging adults mm. because the prefrontal, prefrontal cortex isn't done developing until about the age of 25. Mm-hmm. So they are emerging adolescence kind of so so i listen to other podcasts not just you know listening to Did this one on, i know on he really yeah, does no, i'm i'm completely been stepping out i'm really jealous right now i know i'm really having a jealous uh, and one of them that i listen to says that the um that anxiety is really just the response that your body isn't safe, right? So it goes back to uh, there is a tiger chasing me, mm-hmm. right? Which was a very or yeah. uh, I I walk into a cave and there is a bear there, mm-hmm. and that that is what is causing that anxiety, right? Um, I don't know. Can you do you agree with that? Do you can you break down the whole idea that anxiety is just your body not feeling safe or feeling dysregulated, or right. do you think it's more than that? I think it's a little of both. It's definitely both. And that's flight, fight, or freeze that you're talking about, right? When the tiger emerges. And basically, yeah, your brain is telling you, Brody, you're dead. Good luck. Yeah. Peace out. And it's a a very important part of our brain that unfortunately can't differentiate between a tiger Mm -hmm. or having to meet somebody in public for the first time. A report at work. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Yep. But your body is reacting as though you are going to die. So, Same way. Right? So physiologically, you're jacked up. Your sympathetic nervous system totally kicked in. Heart rate goes up. Blood pressure mm-hmm. goes up. Thoughts start racing. You're sweating. It's yeah. really cool. Like you, People will report feeling uh, tingling in their extremities. That's because your blood is going to your core to protect all your vital organs. I mean, it's, uh, to me, it's a fascinating process. And, right. And I love that part of it, that it's yeah. our, our body is trying to protect us. And yeah. so if you can break that down to the base level, which then we have to go back to the basal days then, mm-hmm. that it, it, it all makes sense, right. you know, and it, it's a little easier to deconstruct that yep. way. And that's where some of the mindfulness mindfulness techniques that we'll talk about in, in addition to CBT can be, cognitive behavioral therapy can be very helpful because you mm-hmm. got to kind of approach both of those. CBD, you said? CBD, yep. Yep. The marijuana. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The marijuana, kind of yeah. like the COVID. Bad. <laughs> So types of anxiety, you can be very afraid when you're away from your parents or a loved one, which is what we would call separation anxiety. And we see this a lot uh, when it comes to going to school with our kids. 
And I cannot help. I'm sorry. I'm going to be disrespectful. I know that's unusual, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it because yeah, growing up in an Italian American neighborhood in 1971. Okay. Can you imagine little Johnny telling his dad, I don't want to go to school. And the dad is like, what are you fucking kidding me? Don't what let do you the mean? door hit you on the way yeah. out. Oh, that's right. my God. And drag we you by were, the ear if they had to. Oh, my God. We were so much more afraid of our parents than we could ever be of school. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that's because they were beating the shit out of us. Right. I'm just saying that that level of respect, you just knew what you could get away with and what oh, you yeah. couldn't. That it would never happen. you didn't happen. push it. No. You did not push that. No. Mm -mm. So also having an extreme fear about a specific thing or situation, like being afraid of dogs. For example, I had a client that was bit by a dog in the neighborhood, right? And now it's generalized to all dogs that she ever sees. And that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Being very afraid of groups or places where there is a lot of people or new people. That's social anxiety. I think we can all identify to that one to some degree. Don't you think most of us? Yeah. Well, especially lately. Right. Like remember 2021, like mm-hmm. going back into oh, yes. the first time you went to a larger group or a large concert and you feel like you should be wearing a mask, but yeah. you're not. Or maybe you are and you are judging everybody else who's not. Or, or you're just like, well, I, this is a great time, but I am going to have to be intubated tomorrow. So you're that's right. unfortunate. <laughs> you know, like, you're just like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, but the just- first time I was on an airplane without a mask mm-hmm. and I did get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> get it from the airplane i got Science it from don't care about your politics oh my got god it from the volleyball courts where there were was 160 volleyball courts going at the same time mm. in the same location so oh, oh yeah that's so true brody being very worried about the future and about bad things happening and that's general anxiety and that's sometimes you just can't put your finger on it mm-hmm. but there's this just look having repeated episodes of sudden, unexpected, intense fear that come with symptoms like Fran was mentioning, heart pounding, trouble breathing, feeling dizzy, shaky, panic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, and that's panic, panic disorder. Right. So with kids, you know, yes, kids are going to worry and they're going to be scared, but it can also manifest like they're just crabby and angry and little Mm -hmm. shitheads. Right. And I've seen aggressiveness with anxiety. A lot of times it's connected. And so that when you think about the symptoms of anxiety, sometimes kids are misdiagnosed with ADHD because it's mm-hmm. a hard differential diagnosis. Yeah. But just keep in mind, your kid could have both of the, right. you know, which is really I tough. I hear a lot of parents talking about tummy aches, mm-hmm. like legit, really, mm. really bad tummy aches. Yep. Yeah. And they're not faking it. No. That's just how their anxiety is manifesting. So sidebar, how early would you diagnose a kid with anxiety, right? Like I as I, early as you need to. Really? Mm-hmm. Like I, I guess I am in the camp if for no good reason that it's the earlier you diagnose a kid with something, maybe they are saddled with that or but maybe that's not that's the case. That's one side of the coin. I, I see where you're coming from, but I guess I view it, and you probably do too, Fran, as the earlier you treat it, mm-hmm. the stronger their coping skills become. Sure. I agree what with do you that. Think? Yeah. And really, it's not, it's do they meet the criteria for the symptoms? So if you're going through that checklist and it's yes, 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 and they happen to be six, then they meet the criteria for the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say they don't check all the boxes. Maybe they're just a little higher strung. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just a worry wart. There are still things to be gained from therapy to learn how to manage those, those emotions. But Mm -hmm. isn't a worry wart just the normal term for having 
generalized anxiety? Well, no, I mean, there's specific criteria you have to meet. So let's, I can't, I can't think of it off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but let's say it's five out of the eight criteria and you only meet three. That doesn't mean you don't feel anxious. It just means you don't have generalized anxiety disorder. And we can, um, a therapist can help you deal with those feelings of anxiousness, even if it's not full-blown anxiety. So, okay, so I'm going to derail this for just a second. But so I think you bring up a good point about the actual diagnosis yep. versus the symptoms, right? Right. So you don't have all the symptoms to be right. a full-blown anxiety attack or anxiety-ridden yep. person, but you certainly are feeling those things. Yep. It Does the... I would argue then that the diagnosis doesn't really super matter at that point. Um, I will disagree. I agree. I disagree. And Brody's in a mood. What the yeah. hell is going on with no, you? No, I appreciate just, this. I, See, I appreciate this. I, it's, it, anxiety is one of these things, like, if we're talking about, I don't know. It gets thrown around a lot. Yeah, and whatever yeah. else the hell we talk about is, you know, really kind of niche. But I think anxiety is one of those things that we all see from day to day, yep. from week to week, and uh, season to season, right, depending on, yep. on who we are. So do we need to have generalized anxiety disorder to be able to treat it? And does that does the diagnosis does the the label really matter or are we talking about the 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 symptoms or the feelings of anxiety that we all we all see and does it really matter? Okay, that, yes, that's my it question. does. Yes, it and does. Uh, your wife's a doctor, so here's one reason. She's right? A, she's a baby doctor. She's a so baby she's doctor. Don't no. She don't know nothing. Oh, she no. knows a lot about anxiety <laughs> from personal, but she she's, a, she's just a vagina doctor. Is yeah, that what exactly. We're say? And okay. vaginas don't have anxiety, so. Oh well, I, I, mine disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> Is Jim gonna ask for it again? Oh God! It's only been six months. Oh, not again. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, Becky is drawing with her finger in her vagina, little dust flakes, her initials, her initials. So anyway, so if your wife sees a client, I'm dying. So if your wife sees a client and she doesn't give the person an official diagnosis, number one, insurance is not going to pay for that session. That is so that is something yep. you have to consider. But also, the sooner you can make an accurate diagnosis, the better the treatment options are. And I also think like if you have to refer that person for, to a psychiatrist, yes. right? They want a legitimate diagnosis, not just, oh, they're feeling this way today. Gotcha. So if you have generalized anxiety disorder, there might be some other treatment modalities that we explore, like um, medication or mm-hmm. something like that. Whereas if you have some feelings of anxiousness from time to time, well, then we can probably get a, get by with some cognitive behavioral, some mindfulness and behavioral things. Gotcha. I just wanted to separate it. No, that's you, know, you know, the world is falling apart. So mm-hmm. are we all anxious all the time about maybe we're having a recession? Maybe we're not. Maybe right. we're having a civil war. Maybe we're not. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of the things that go along with then just your TPS reports at work and, <laughs> and all that, like it's, I, you know, Best there's there's just a lot a lot that goes into anxiety and i i wonder whether or not we need to wrap it up into an a diagnosis mm-hmm. yeah and you know you actually bring up a debate that's gone on way before i was in grad school mm-hmm. way before you were in grad school is a diagnosis a label or not right mm-hmm. yep i am of the belief that a diagnosis helps you form a treatment framework sure that's my opinion my grandma would say let's call a spade a spade yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can pretty it up, but why? Right. Where are we at? You're Sorry. Right there, oh, baby. I derailed it. Um, anxiety symptoms can include trouble sleeping. <laughs> I 
have no mm. idea what that's like. <laughs> no. What? Um, where you just can't shut off your brain. I hate that. That's oh. the worst. Oh, it is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So like you were saying, Becky, physical symptoms in kids could be like headaches, stomach aches, fatigues. Mm -hmm. Some kids I've seen are really cautious about what they eat because they're afraid they're going to choke or puke in public. Mm -hmm. And so they avoid certain foods. Constipation can be a symptom. Pulling out their hair or their eyebrows or eyelashes, that trichotillomania kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Nail biting. Uh, Picking, excessive picking at scabs. And yeah, and acne. Yep. I've seen that a lot too. Some anxious children keep their worries to themselves, and thus the symptoms can be missed. So that always hurts my heart, that they're Mm -hmm. out there just kind of suffering quietly. Um, And the sources for this are the CDC. So when we talk about generalized anxiety disorder in children and teens, what are we looking at, Fran? We are looking at... The fact that this is a mental health issue where a child has a lot of fear and worry, but here's the thing. It doesn't seem to have a real cause. There's not really one trigger. And to me, that's the difference between being anxious and having anxiety. Mm. You know, Mm. I I think a lot of times when you're anxious, you can identify what it is you're anxious about. Mm -hmm. But when you have anxiety, I think that's where... Okay, Brody's telling me my mic's not right. Okay, <laughs> how's, go. how's it good, good now? Okay. Yeah, so I, it, to me, it's like, are you sad or do you have depression? Mm-hmm. Are you anxious mm. or do you have anxiety? Um, so some of the behaviors you might see, some of the other things you might see, clingy behavior with family members, kind of going back to that separation anxiety, feeling as though there is a lump in the throat. Oh, I've had that. Have you ever had that? Never. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fran's never anxious. No, never. <laughs> never. Nope. And then extreme tiredness or fatigue. And if you think about it, when you're keyed up like a tiger's attacking you, and when your mind is constantly racing and you're not sleeping well, that makes sense. Right. Trouble concentrating. And again, that's mm-hmm. a tough differentiation between that and ADHD. Being easily startled and crabby and you just cannot relax. Keyed up. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we diagnose it in a children or teen? Before a mental health referral is made, your child's health care provider will want to rule out any other health problems. So keep an eye on that. Once this is done, a child psychiatrist or other mental health expert can diagnose generalized anxiety disorder. And one of the examples could be hyper or actually hypothyroidism. Um, And we're seeing that younger and younger. Um, Mm -hmm. And so leave that up to your doctor to take a look at that. They will do a mental health assessment of your child. It may include a complete emotional and social history, interviews with you and your child, and they can help you determine the type of anxiety your child is experiencing. And again, going back to what we were just talking about, helping us form a treatment plan. Mm -hmm. Um, As Becky mentioned, hyperthyroidism, that would mimic anxiety. Hypo would mimic depression. So it's good to just roll that out before you are looking at medication. But I've seen anxiety in kids with hypo. Hypo, really? Mm -hmm. Yep. I wouldn't, and you know, that's why you go to rare. a doctor. I don't know, right? but yeah. Um, and that's why we do our dil- due diligence as mm-hmm. clinicians that we do work with, with medical doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to determine the diagnosis is offering psychological testing. If the kid is really diagnosed with a serious issue, a lot of times they aren't going to school or they're having trouble getting to school. Mm-hmm. And they don't have an Italian father making them go to school. So (laughs) they are going to meet certain criteria that would make your kid maybe eligible for an IEP or an individual education plan or a 504 plan. And that plan is tailored to make sure your kid's successful. So what does that do? If I have a kid that meets the criteria for either an IEP slash or, or a 504, are those used interchangeably? 
They're different. They're different. Okay. What is the difference? If yeah. you don't mind my asking. Okay. My understanding <clears throat> is that a 504 is more based on if there is a medical reason okay. why the child is not being at school. Which so I suppose t- technically, if there's a diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder or... Typically, I think, at least the ones I've been on, have fallen under more of the IEP, but it really depends on what are the kids' um, level of lack of functioning. Like, is it just that they're not going to school or are they not completing their work? Is it, are they bugging other kids? What does IEP stand for? Individual Education Plan. And what would be the importance of having one of these? Like, why can't I just tell my kid to breathe deeply and get his homework done? Well, hot cocoa breaths is what my mm-hmm. my kindergartner says. Hot cocoa adorable. breaths. Yeah, you you got your cup of hot cocoa. Aww. You want to breathe it in, smell the but flower, it's, but it's too hot, and so you got to blow it out. Oh, I love that they're teaching this yes. in school, right? Yeah, I was to Mike Miller Elementary. Awesome. I was late picking up my godson last year, and and by late. You have until 3.10. I was there at 3.08. And uh, he goes, I did not see you, Auntie Becky, so I did my box breathing. Uh, <laughs> box breathing. Yeah. So adorable. So adorable. But, like, what's the importance of having that plan? Why is that necessary? Okay, because you want the kid to be successful. What mm-hmm. it is is it's a plan where all the teachers are on the same page with the principal, with the okay. school counselor, with the parents. Sometimes the kid is actually in the meeting. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, let's develop a plan to help this kid be successful. What kind of added assistance can we give the kid? Accommodations. Right. Okay. Maybe tutoring. Maybe you need to be in the special ed room a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. Who's going to help the kid clean out their locker, right? Mm-hmm. And the plan is really, we want to help this kid succeed. And it's way better to do it when the kid is young right. than when they've already had Fs for multiple years or whatever, and they hate school and they right. don't want to go to school. And from a collegiate standpoint, what I will say is if your kid has already qualified for an IEP or a 504, then they are automatic. I shouldn't say automatically, but um, almost automatically eligible for accommodations at college. Right. You know, do you need a quiet testing space or whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than having to go through all the testing. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. <laughs> so how do we treat generalized anxiety in children? Hot cocoa breath. Right, right. So they just, <laughs> you can't just tell them, pull yourselves together and get better because that's not going to work. What? And, no, you can't. Damn it. Sorry, I know it. Sorry Darwin. <laughs> right. <laughs> so treatment is important and untreated, it can get worse or really become a lifelong problem. So we want to do early intervention if possible. So if we look at the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, they recommend that healthcare providers routinely screen children for behavioral and mental health concerns. And I think they've gotten better with that. I really Mm do. Mm -hmm. Um, The most common screening test for children and teens is the patient health questionnaire for adolescents, the PHQ. Um, And the Beck Depression Inventory, but I think at the... I think they use a PHQ, what is it, a PHQ-9? Yeah, I think Something that's like right. that yeah. is what the doctors, but that, I don't know if that's anxiety. I think that one's just depression. So the PHQ-A for anxiety and adolescence and all of that good stuff. And of course, you hear us say this all the time, cognitive behavioral therapy, right, is state of the art for anxiety. Therapy is going to help the kids recognize that their fear is above and beyond what the actual situation is calling for. So what they're doing is they're imagining the worst case scenario in their head. Therapy is going to help teach them how do you talk to yourself? What mm-hmm. should your self-talk be? How do you reassure yourself? Coping skills, ways to identify like what are my anxiety triggers? How can I manage those triggers? Mm-hmm. And also 
um, really addressing, I'm going to hit this hard because anxiety equals avoidance. How do we make sure that that does not happen? And we say that neurons that fire together wire together. So if you teach your brain that um, I'm afraid of sharks and then you never go into the ocean, what you're really teaching your brain is the o- avoiding the ocean is the key to your anxiety. And that really has worked out well for me. Right. I'm a big fan. Yeah. You, right? you haven't been eaten by a shark yet. Not right. Exactly. Yeah. Boom. But if you're like me and you love to be in the water. Yeah then you do um, you, what we call a tiered intervention. Mm-hmm. And so you start off with baby steps. I like to use my example of being absolutely fucking afraid of snakes. Mm-hmm. And so when we had our cabin at Big Stone Lake, um, you know, you go there sometimes a couple of weeks before you were back and the grass is, you know, up to your knees and it's, it's a lake. It's all full of danger noodles. And it's, it is. And so I would, we'd get out of our car and I would, I wouldn't even look, I would miss the beautiful lake that, mm-hmm. you know, that we love to go visit. Cause I'd be scanning. I just got to get to the front door. I just got to get the front door. It's like and I, Indiana Jones. Yeah. That, I, obviously there's a million garter snakes that are going to attack and kill me. Right. And that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And then one summer walking up from the dock, guess what? Right by the tree. A shark. A shark. <laughs> Or a, a snake. A okay. Shark <laughs> wrapped in a boa constrictor. Yes. And they they're both, working together. And they both attacked me. No, there was a nest. Like there was a little yeah. Yeah. And so I would do the thing where so there's the snake sitting by the tree. And I just stood like probably five feet away mm-hmm. and I did my breathing. And what I tell my clients to do, rate your anxiety on a one to ten scale. So if mine's on an eight, I'm gonna sit there, I'm gonna do my breathing, I'm gonna do my positive self-talk until it gets to a four. And then I'm going to let whatever else I need to do, which is basically take the boat to the other side of the lake to get back to my cabin <laughs> so I can avoid the snake. Um, and rent a flamethrower. And then right, rent, there you yeah. go. But then the next time it was like three feet. Mm-hmm. And then the next time it was one foot. And then it was, you're not going to look at the ground from the dock to the deck. You're just going to, you're just going to walk. You're mm-hmm. just going to do this. And again, rating the anxiety. And then I'm never going to hold a snake. That is never going to happen. People mm-hmm. never, ever, ever. But I was able to actually appreciate our lake cabin oh. and not always be staring at the ground. Except the one of the last times we were there, I was mowing lawn back by our tree row and um, there was a snake mm-hmm. in in the little tree row. And obviously it was going to chase me. So I'd go down <laughs> one way yeah. and I'd be like, okay, little shit. Like we're going to have an agreement. I won't mm-hmm. run you over with the lawnmower and you're not going to chase me. See, in that, you hold the upper card in that scenario. Yeah. Well, you Just think so. But th- over. that's how strong anxiety is. So then I'd turn around to come back and I'd be like, it's chasing me. It's shit. Becky, snakes don't chase me. Oh, but this snake does. The snake is chasing you. Becky, snakes don't chase people. And then I'd turn around again. I mean, and then some I'd, do, but okay. <laughs> oh my god but not not the friendly midwestern gardeners oh <laughs> they're the pleasers they're now, if you i ever see uh like you know they say garter snakes and maybe other snakes too but they do like the reproduction ball in the spring uh-huh. where yeah if i ever see one of those <sighs> my sanity is gonna snap okay now that all moving. of our listeners have completely shut this off because they are so done with the snake so, thing i'm on. like I got one sweating more, i got one more snake story mm-hmm. so Let's go back to the year of our Lord, probably. <laughs> when two, Fran was born. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. Uh, I am 16, 17 years old. I got my own room in, in my house. It's a 100-year-old farmhouse, okay? Mm. I got, you know, like a, the stereo system set up. I got speakers, you know, all this. And I wake up one day, and there's a fucking gardener snake, like, kind of wrapped in the speaker wires. Ew. I, know. I would die. Yeah. I'm, I I tried to get, you know, you get, like, the tongs and a Tupperware and shit. Oh, I, yeah. I, I couldn't get it, so 
I just opened the windows because yeah. I figured they're yeah. they're cold blooded. They're just gonna get out of there, and I didn't sleep in my room for two days. But yeah, I, I don't know where the hell that thing came from. <laughs> but the thing is, I think I'm gonna bet yeah. money, Brody, that there are a lot of listeners out there that totally relate to this. Uh, maybe a lot of yeah. people don't like snakes. A lot of people love them. Yeah, <sighs> have at it. Hey, Becky, why is the Northern State University graduate program in counseling so awesome? I could go on forever, but let's talk about the fact that you can get a clinical degree where you can work in private practice or an agency, Mm -hmm. where you can get a school counseling degree on the school track, where you can work in a school as private, private school, parochial school, public school, any school you want to. And then my favorite. What? Forensic counseling. Super cool. But is it KCREP approved? It is KCREP approved. And you're like, what does that mean? You know what? It means that it has the gold standard of grad schools. Super awesome. But can I afford it? Because I don't have a lot of money. It's okay. If you go to northern.edu, you can um, apply for some scholarships. They have a couple of counseling specific scholarships in addition to some other really fantastic scholarships that a guidance counselor or a admissions counselor can help you with. Awesome. Be Northern, unleash your potential, baby. Oh. Um, so I totally lost my train of thought there. I'm just, I'm being chased by snakes right so, now. Okay, so for, uh, this is a question I want to ask oh, a while wait, ago. Did we but, skip over? I think we're right here. Are okay, we? so for people who are consistently yeah. anxious, do you think, and this is without criticism, but do you think that people can get addicted to cortisol? Like cortisol is a stress hormone, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Do you think you could be because we can get a, our body yeah. can crave things. So if you're a, Brody. if you're right. So if you're anxious all the time and you try, are trying to do these things to calm yourself down, but really you're craving that high that you're used to mm-hmm. of the heightened adrenaline and all this all this stuff. Can you be addicted to cortisol? Obviously not scientific, but your anecdotal thoughts go. I mean, it's sort of like the idea that if you grow up in a house of chaos, then mm-hmm. you're attracted, totally. very much attracted to relationships that are chaotic. Yep. That may be true, sure. that that not necessarily addicted, but it feels comfortable to you. Sure. It feels yep. normal to you, right? Yep. But you have to recognize that that's really harmful to your body to be producing cortisol like that all the time. And so even though it might feel good, do you want to be good, feel good, or do you want to be healthy? Yep. Cortisol also contributes to belly fat. Really? Yep. Mm. And oh, then, that explains a lot. And then the catch-22 of it, though, is I believe it's either stored or reproduction takes place in belly fat. And so you get this cycle mm. of creating belly fat, but then creating an environment that creates more cortisol, which creates more belly fat. And that's where Santa Claus comes from. I could, he's got one night to hit every <laughs> child. <laughs> God, I don't know how we do this. I don't know. So the worry may exceed um, what the situation calls for. So children or teens with uh, generalized anxiety disorder often worry about things like future events. Will I be late? Will my mom be there? Will my dad be there? Will I get in a car accident? Um, just about anything you can worry about, they will worry about. Right. Worrying about their past behaviors, like going over mm. in their head, like, what did I say? Did I do something dumb? Did I sound stupid? Will other people like me? This is a huge one with social anxiety. What if I don't know what to say when I'm around them? Um, Family matters like what if my parents get divorced? What if my parents die? Mm -hmm. I've seen people who never wanted their parents to go even away for a weekend because they were afraid their their parents were going to die. Or if their parents are out on a date, they're calling them multiple times with the babysitter at the house. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
their personal abilities. Like, what if I mess up? What if I let my team down? What if I let my parents down? What if I whatever? Worrying about school performance. What if I flunk this test? What if I fail the class? What if I get kicked out of school? It's really a lot of catastrophic worst case scenario thinking. You're going from A to Z like quickly. So I have to tell you about school performance. So Allie brings us up all the time that when she was in high school, she I don't know what class she was taking. It was a hard class. Mm -hmm. And she got, I think, a high B on something. And Jim's like, oh, you know, really good job in other classes. Now, what are we going to do about this high B? Or what are we going to do about this B? And so, and he didn't mean it like that, but that's how it came out. Yeah. So last night, Grace is like, hey, you guys, I caught up on all my, I don't know, whatever quizzes. And I got 100, 188. And I'm like, oh, that's good, sweetie. But can we talk about that 88? (laughs) What are we going to do about that? (laughs) Jim will never live that down. He won't. All kids and teens have some anxiety. It's a normal part of growing up. So parents, if there are helicopter parents out there, please refer to that episode. Just calm down. (laughs) But sometimes worries and fears don't go away and they can interfere with the kids' normal activities and level of functioning. Like, for example... Again, they are avoiding like even something fun, like, hey, we all got invited to a sleepover and they are avoiding even going to a sleepover. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for those of you that are actual adults, stop for a minute and just ask yourself, is there anything that I truly am afraid of and I avoid? Mm -hmm. Can you think of anything that you guys avoid? Nope, not one thing. Whatever, Brody. (laughs) So full of shit. God. What do you avoid, Brody? I hate, I, I don't know where this comes from, but I hate money. Like to do the books at yeah. my business mm-hmm. is in, it takes an act of God. And I wait until the very last minute and it ends up hurting me. And I, I don't know where it comes from. Like, mm-hmm. did my family have money growing up? No. Were we, you know, dumpster diving? No, absolutely not. We were fine. But I, I don't know where that comes from, mm-hmm. but it's. I can feel that anxiety response in me <laughs> when sales taxes do, when you got to mm-hmm. do the thing. I can do my my personal finances just fine. And maybe that's because we did the hard work to like get out of debt mm-hmm. and do our things. But uh, yeah, it's especially if I know there's not enough money, like I'm just going to not look at that. Mm-hmm. And that stresses me the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. How about you, Becky? What do you avoid? I don't Besides know. Sex. Besides sex. That's, that's it. That's the only thing that I can really think of. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, Jackie Braun, who's a school counselor here in town, um, but she's also a certified personal trainer. And she taught me years ago that I can do anything. Mm-hmm. And I adopted that mantra. And I try not to avoid. I mean, I really don't. I'm like, well, even if it's something I don't want to do, like a, like a big cry. I don't like big crowds often but if it's my family's going somewhere like we went to hootie in, in the blowfish at uh, minnesota state fair that was huge 163,000 people that wow day. yeah I love um hootie and the blowfish yeah mm-hmm. oh guess who opened for him who bare naked ladies <gasps> i was in heaven oh. i was in heaven yeah it was it was the group therapy tour wow uh, my friend holly goes do you seriously know every word to every song i'm uh, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> How, why I don't sure you? Do. Yeah. Uh, well, because she uses her brain for important things. Yeah. I, I use my brain for '90s song lyrics, but I really did. And so you do this, like I can do anything. Like mm-hmm. I can do this for three or four hours. I'll be fine. I can do this. Oh, especially when serenaded by, by Darius Rucker. By Darius Rucker in the BNL. Like, he, yeah, Darius. Darius, if you're listening. <laughs> 
I love you. And you're at the top of my laminated list of people I can leave my husband for. Have you heard his cover of Use Me by Bill Withers? No. Oh, my God. But now I need so to. so fucking good. His voice is butter. Oh. Uh, and I'm I sorry. Love, he's hot. Oh. And he gets hotter I, with age. I can't oh. comment on that. But when, when I was growing up in high school, my grandmother, who's now since passed, said, yeah, I like that band, that uh, Hootie and the Goldfish. Ah! Yes. <laughs> and Cute. so for Christmas, I burned her a, a copy of Hootie and the Hootie and the Blowfish, but I made a new cover for it. For Hootie the and the Goldfish. Bird, yeah, Hootie oh, and the Goldfish. So, so yeah, I always talk about how much in love I am with Darius Rucker, and my kids will say, "Was it the Burger King commercial, Mom? Is that what did it for you?" Did <laughs> he, he was what? that? He was in a Burger King commercial where he was singing and he was swinging on a crescent moon oh in a satin cowboy outfit. <laughs> he must have been desperate. What is going on? Well, I always say that's he was married at the time uh-huh. and I always blame it on his wife. Had he been married to me, I would have made him say no to that. Uh, I would have said, Darius, honey, you're too good for that. Right. But that bimbo he was married <laughs> to was probably the mother of his ch- she was kid like, children. I don't even know. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it was a satin cowboy suit. And my kids are always oh, like, oh, God. was it was it the Burger King commercial mom? Well, if I'm it like, makes you feel any better, he let her cry, you know, <laughs> till the tears fell down my brain. <laughs> oh, man. So what does, what causes um, general anxiety disorder in a child or teen? A lot of experts believe that it's caused by both biological and environmental factors. So a child may inherit a tendency to be anxious, and we know that that happens, and that may be related to an imbalance of two brain chemicals mainly, which are norepinephrine and serotonin. But a child can also learn anxiety from people in their family or people that are caregivers. For example, if you grew up and your dad was terrified of being on an airplane, then you can also develop the same fear. So Brody, keep Mm -hmm. that in mind when you're squealing like a little piggy and running away from snakes and God knows what. So a traumatic event also can cause generalized anxiety disorder, like, for example, the death of a parent, divorce, serious family accident or illnesses. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like if it it runs in your family, it's genetic. So you have like sort of the genetic predisposition to have it and life's going great and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And you're a kid living your best life. All of a sudden, one of your parents dies and then let's say the other one is in a car accident, that's your tipping point. Yep. Now it and tips it just you over to... flips that switch. Right. Yeah. That may have remained off for years to come. Right. But because of that, not so much. So what are the symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder um, in a child or teen? Unlike adults with GAD, children and teens often don't realize that their anxiety is more intense than the situation calls for. So it feels very real and appropriate. Right. They need a lot of reassurance Mm -hmm. from the adults in their life. Now, let me just say this word again. Reassurance is not enabling. Okay. Big difference. Mm. So you can say to your child, I know it's scary to go to school and you're going to be fine. And I believe you. And we've talked in how you're going to handle it. Now we're going to go to school. Mm -hmm. Not, oh, I know it's really scary and you should probably stay home or I know you. We can stay home one more day. Right. Yeah. Big fine line there. Many of those children worry about things before they happen. They worry about their friends, school, activities. This makes me think of in high school, I was a lifeguard and I taught swimming lessons and we had a little boy who would never get in the water and I pulled him aside and I'm like, dude, what's going on? And his mom would just yell at him like, get in the water, get in the water. Um, He had seen an airplane crash Mm. and he thought an airplane was going to crash into the pool. Really? And so he did not want to get into the pool. Interesting. Until we had a talk about... About how the, the fireball would engulf you anyway? Well, no, you... <laughs> I think it was more like the God. likelihood of that happening in McCluskey, North Dakota is pretty small. 
And so let's just go blow some bubbles. Mm, perfect. <laughs> I don't know. Distractions good. Distractions good. Almost constant thoughts about fears, um, thoughts and fears about their safety or their parents' safety. Um, and again, fear that they might die, fear that their caregivers are going to die. And this can cause sleep problems. Oh, yeah. And then you get this cycle going. Right. Like we talked about, scary to sleep away from home for a lot of these kids. One of the things that I cannot speak highly enough with anxiety is that, you know, a lot of times I'll get a parent and they'll be like, okay, my kid has anxiety and they want them to go to individual therapy. Okay, that may be the way to go, but I am a firm believer in family therapy because I think it's really important that you educate the whole family about this is what's going on. This is what you need to look for. Um, and also to really explore further, are there any kind of triggers? Maybe the kid's being bullied at school or rejected by other kids and mm-hmm. the parents need to be in on that. Also helping parents look at the context and how it can be impacting the kid. You know, if you're telling your kids, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and mm-hmm. your kid is puking in the bathroom, this could be serious, you right. know? You can help the family set up rules and consequences to discuss what to do and not do regarding the kid's anxiety because a lot of times parents don't know what to do. They yeah. think they're doing the right thing, but it isn't the right thing. Like with school avoidance, I've seen them do like, you're going to, you can't come home before noon. Mm-hmm. You're going to go and you're going to make it until at least noon. Because, you know, what happens? They get to school, they get into the groove of things, and then by noon they're fine and they've forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought, I don't know what you think about that approach. but I, Yeah, I'm fine with that. My approach is much harsher. And okay. it's like the day they come in, we're going to school from now on. Unless okay. you, like a limb has been chopped off and you're absolutely repeatedly vomiting and mm-hmm. you have 105 temp, as of this day, you go to school and here's the program and the parents are on board Honestly, I've had a very, very high success rate with that. And Mm -hmm. um, it's not for everyone. You know, there are other people, like we also have another family therapist, Sarah Vedve, and I'm sure her approach might be different than mine. Or it might be the same. It could be the same. Who knows? But um, it's just another approach to consider. Absolutely. And it's not one size fits all. Um, So again, even though that's your general approach, I'm sure there's times where you've made exceptions because they had to be made. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, use good judgment, but be open. Oh, did we skip the social media? Did we catch that? No, we did not. Good okay. catch. Yeah. yeah, definitely limiting your child's access to social media, the news, scary movies. Like, I will never forget this. I remember Mark and I, 10,000 years ago, we were watching 60 Minutes, and they had that um, special on flesh-eating bacteria, oh. right? And so, you know, we're like, what the hell is that? And anyway, Camille had snuck into the room Mm. and was watching that. And I turned around and her mouth was wide open. Needless to say, we were up like for a week. Oh, I bet. That child was traumatized and scared. It wasn't because of the grandfather clock going. That did it for her. You are a horrible human. I swear to God. But you think about it. Her poor little brain was not. I know. So limiting children's access to what they're seeing. Use good judgment, but be open about your own anxiety and what has helped you. So you can teach your kids box breathing or they've taught you smell the hot cocoa. Um, There's other things. Grounding. Mm -hmm. I've taught my kids. um, I don't think any of them do it anymore, but. When you're anxious and it's nice out, go take your shoes and socks off and just stand barefoot in the grass, mm-hmm. which can be very soothing to the system. Do you think, even though it's a shock to the system, do you think that same thing can be done with snow? Like, 
Or, I don't think so. No? That's my opinion. Okay. I, I don't know yeah. anything about it. But If you yeah. want social services to come visiting yeah. you. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you never I'm not know. there with a ruler smacking <laughs> them if they get out of the snow. But Madge next door is going to be. Yeah, yeah. next door is going to be calling and saying, this man next door with a big beard is making his kids stand in the snow with no shoes on. I mean, unless the kids are like, ah, okay, I get it. It's yeah. cold, but ah. Yeah. There's something about the grass. They call it grounding. Yeah, they no, literally call it grounding. I get it. Yeah. Um, and people hate it when I say this next one, yeah, I know. especially teenagers. Right. Limit your caffeine intake. <sighs> I, I know. know. Unless you're going to the market on the plaza. Yeah. As, no, we said limit. We didn't say totally eliminate. As a purveyor right? of caffeine, I wholeheartedly disagree with this. But mm-hmm. if you're a teenager with anxiety, you don't need, you don't need monster drinks ever. No. Mm-hmm. You need but six you of them. Definitely don't need Before two now. or three. Right. <laughs> We're going to put time, him in timeout. This we is ridiculous. Are, My yeah. God. I'm going to buy his kids monsters. Ooh. <laughs> and let's wash that down with some of those. What are those sugary strips? Oh, Pixie of, sticks. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Go, go-go juice from Mama June. Yeah. There you go. I Mom, love that. If, doing if Pixie you snort it, it's more effective. So, oh, my yeah. gosh. Treatments can also include a variety of ways to help the child feel less stress and healthier. You've got to keep in mind, you got to think about what yes. food they're putting in their body, if they're getting exercise, if they're sleeping, what are their routines, do they have social support, do they have any friends? And again, we say this with parenting yeah. and with families, consistency is key. Another really important thing is really contact the school. I mean, as a clinician, I'm always Mm -hmm. contacting the school and saying, what can we do to work together? What are you doing there? What can I help on my end? Give me information about what's going on. It Mm -hmm. really is a a team effort. And there's medications available. Um, Some anti-anxiety medications can be an option. Um, Obviously, those aren't the first things anybody ever considers when it's a child or adolescent. But if it's severe enough, um, you've got to weigh the pros and the cons and your uh, medical provider can help you with that. Reach out for support from local community services. Being in touch with other parents who have a child with generalized anxiety disorder can be helpful. And there's groups like NAMI, which is the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Mm -hmm. Um, And there might just be some local support groups if you start asking around. Exactly. So Becky, when as a parent, should I call my child's healthcare provider? Well, if if it feels extreme, like extreme depression, fear, anxiety, anger towards himself or others, or if he, he or she appears out of control, um, those would all be good times. Also, if the child is reporting hearing voices yes. or they're talking to themselves. Um, and, and a good question is, I ask Kids, are you seeing things that other people can't see or hearing things that other people can't hear? Mm-hmm. Um, can't sleep or eat for three days in a row. That's definitely a red flag. Mm. And I don't think you're going to go necessarily too soon mm-hmm. to your provider. Right. You know, I think you could err on the side of caution and be okay. Um If they show behavior that concerns friends, family, or teachers, or others express concern about the behavior and ask you what they can do to help or ask you to actually get some help. Mm -hmm. Um, Generalized anxiety disorder may increase a child's risk for suicide. So take suicidal statements, thoughts, behaviors, or plans very, very seriously, because we are seeing this younger and younger all the time. Mm -hmm. And any child who expresses thoughts of suicide should be evaluated right away. 
So it's okay to say the words, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about this a lot. You can ask your child, have you thought about killing yourself? Have you thought about hurting yourself? Mm-hmm. And if you are noticing self-injurious behaviors, like they're cutting themselves or burning themselves, it's time to get some help. Yep. You can bring your child into the emergency room. Yep. Also call 911 if your child has suicide thoughts, a suicide plan, or has the means to carry out that plan. And what we mean by that is if they indicate that they would die by suicide with a gun and there's guns in the house, mm-hmm. that they have the means. Or if they, I'm going to take a bunch of pills and something as simple as Tylenol, acetaminophen, or Advil ibuprofen can wreak havoc on a body. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they don't die there can still be some lifelong effects. So that would be means. And I think a lot of people who don't, who listen to us that are not in South Dakota, everyone in South Dakota, I mean, a lot, a lot of people have guns or yep. means of access to guns. There's or knives. Only, yep. A lot of people process, like you shoot a deer, you process it yourself. Right. A lot, a lot mm-hmm. of hunters. And so, you know, asking, do you have the guns locked up? You know, where's the key? Who has access to the key? Where Mm -hmm. are they? You know, that's important. Yeah. And we can't stress enough. Please keep your guns locked up. Mm -hmm. They should just always be locked up. Right. um, Because accidents happen all the time. So sources for this, um, I sounded a little Canadian there, I think. Kind of Sources. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't you know? Super sorry. We're going to go into sources here. (laughs) This is for my relatives up in Canada. eh? Um, The cdc.gov forward slash children's mental health forward slash forward slash depression. Um, my cheaters are okay. Off. I'm going to do the next one. Thank Imagination you. Press Children's Books from the American <laughs> Psychological Association. My cheaters are killing me today. <laughs> Freeing your child from anxiety: powerful, practical solutions to overcome your child's fears, worries, and phobias. And this is by Tamar Chonsky. I don't or Chansky. No, but I, I like you've got it. I right. like Chonsky. Yeah, I do too. That sounds fancy. Uh, really, really does. <laughs> oh, you guys, we are the shrinks, and that's a wrap. <laughs>